Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to the show as Sports Talk hits the airwaves. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Looking forward to spending the next couple of hours with you as we then bridge it over to John Teicher at 6 o'clock. He'll be back live at Hudson's Grill. 1770 Lee Trevino for UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. That's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And all I can tell you is, um, yeah, it's going to be a fast show today. It is going to be a a very quick-moving show. We're looking forward to it. Our phone number is 505-6009. That is 505-6009. Adrian went ahead and head out to uh, UTEP today, spent the day with the Miners. Did you get the chance to eat lunch with them? Did you like? uh, No. Did you guys break bread together? No, unfortunately, we didn't. Uh, that's the one thing I missed out on. But, uh, yeah, I got a chance to chat with UTEP head coach Joe Golding. Got a chance to meet up with a couple of players before practice today and uh, get some interviews and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was a busy day of UTEP basketball. Good. Good. That's the way it should be. I saw some uh, I saw some comments you put up there from uh, Jonathan. Now, is it those Anjos or Dos Anjos? What is it? Well, they came into the studio today and said Dos Anjos, but uh, I heard today Dos Anjos, so I, I don't know. But, I mean, Have he literally told John? me. asked John? I mean, yeah, he told me it's Dos Anjos, so oh, he I'm going to stick by that. So, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. We've had we've had uh, John, Jonathan. Oh. We've had uh, them change things up. So, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Dos Anjos is a Spanish name. So, Dos Anjos just doesn't sound right under any possible way in El Paso or anywhere for that matter, right? I'm totally with you on that. So, I'll stick with Dos Anjos. And, and I maybe like that. Dos Anjos, that just sounds too weird. We called him Dos Anjos from the minute we saw that name. Right. We saw John Dos Anjos. That's a pretty cool name for El Paso. All right. That's good. I'm excited about that. Um, but, yeah, you talked to Shamar Givens today. Uh, you went and talked to Dos Anjos or Dos Anjos or yes, however you want to pronounce it. That's exactly how you did it. You did that. And then you also talked to a uh, big Derek Hamilton today. That's exactly right. Uh, Derek Hamilton, somebody who I hadn't had a chance to uh, you know, speak to in person like that. So it was, it was good to speak with him, uh, talk to him about what his expectations are for this week. And yeah, this is this is or for this, uh, I should say, this upcoming season. So yeah, it was I- exciting to speak with all these guys. How great is it that four hours ago, Utah basketball ran a tweet about how the Miners led CUSA in attendance and showed... Uh, Jason Craig with all the students behind him in the uh, in the picture slide. Oh, I need to check this out. I didn't know this this was the case. Nice. It says most fans in CUSA last season. Let's run it back. Season tickets start at just ninety one dollars and fifty cents. And then there's the shot of uh, of Jason right with all the uh, leading the way and looking like he's really – it looks like Jason's more into the game than the students are, doesn't it? Yeah, the students are, like, actually looking serious. Jason's looking playful, uh, as he always does. He's looking like he's vibed out. He's ready to go for this uh, this game that he's uh, DJing. And I like the laptop sticker that says, Great DJ, great party. That is good. How can you read that? I'm just – I'm zooming in on my phone. Oh, I can't even read that. that that's good. By the way – um, just out of curiosity, that photo of Utah basketball, is that photo like 10 years old? How old is that shot of uh, UTEP's Haskins Center? That, thing, that thing's got to be, 
It's long before they put the mountains up there. Um, I don't know when that picture was taken. No idea. But I do know, um, I know one thing, okay? When I talked to Joe Golding, one of the things he was most excited about was a $91 season ticket and a chance to get into the game against New Mexico State for $9.15. He was super excited about the lower ticket prices because that was such a big storyline last season for his first year with the Miners. You know, it's so interesting because uh, th- this city is so it's such a basketball town. Let- let's be honest. Like when basketball comes around, and I-, I talk to Sal about this all the time, even on minor talk. Like we have some great ones for football, but basketball is on a whole other level. Like it could be a meaningless game in an exhibition series, and we will have so many passionate fans uh, interested in that. And it just speaks volumes as to what it is for UTEP basketball. I don't know how old that photo is right there. And I don't know how many games are going to try to sell out this year, but I'll tell you this: I think this what the one thing that I really believe in this city is it is a basketball town. So uh, if Joe Golding continues on this momentum streak, he'll get fans at the at the Don Haskins Center to watch this team. I mean, I, I think that fans are going to have to be patient this mm-hmm. year, knowing it's a new squad all, coming all together. But yeah, this is a this is a fun group, and I, I think this is a fun program that that they're building. Oh, there's no doubt it's a fun one. I'm with you on that one. So now it's just an opportunity to get excited about it, and that's really what, we, what we're all about here. So didn't the UTEP men's basketball Twitter handle used to be UTEP underscore MBB? Now they've got UTEP MBB. Did they secure that? Maybe they paid that guy who had UTEP MBB. I, I don't I don't know, but I think that's right. I, I do they, remember an underscore under there. There used to be an underscore. So you're right about that. Oh, man, that is amazing how you can take the photo, which also shows an Oakland Raider logo, by the way, maybe it's a L.A. Raider, and zoom in and see it. I wonder why you can't do that on your computer, but you could do that on your phones. Well, on my on my Mac, I can, but uh, oh, no, I, sometimes I can. De- sometimes desktops, especially these well, ones that we have here in our building. Well, I mean, these are like Windows 98. Yeah. I, let's be honest. They're 25-year-old operating systems. I'm just happy it turns on. You know what? I think you have to like press like control alt, you know, the Windows button and the plus sign. Like it's some weird kind of thing to zoom. Like, yeah, forget it. That, All that's, right. that's too difficult. Anyway, a $91.50 season tickets, $9.15 to go watch the basketball team play. That's great stuff. And I will say this, I do like the um I, I do like how UTEP's getting into the act on social media. Like pick your throne and they've got uh like the uh the Game of Thrones lo- uh, look going. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they're they are definitely out there trying to be active in the trends. Uh I like the you know what I've noticed a lot from this uh UTEP men's basketball team? What's that? The guy, the poster the the poster boy is Zarek Onyema. And it it should be, right? Like the fans love Z, Z and they, they love his thunderous dunks and he might not play a ton this year. He might he might start for all we know, but I, I think that people love what he brings as far as energy goes to the table and uh he's a fan favorite in a sense because he grew up here in El Paso and and he has those yep. thunderous dunks that everybody likes. That's true. That is true. Well, anyway, we got a good show lined up for you today. I'm excited about it. Should be a lot of fun. Hearing from you with your calls at 505-6009, your tweets at 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's begin with Victor. He'll join us to kick it off on a uh, Tuesday afternoon. What's up, Victor? Hola, Steve. How are you and Adrian doing today? Hey, we're doing well, man. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, any updates from Mr. Mocha on 
Look at the scoreline in Las Cruces with the San Jose State game. Not yet. Situation. I think they're still working it out. I don't think they've secured a game yet. Uh, at least as far as we can tell, not yet. What is your opinion? How, if you had to uh, tell us your dithers, your dithers, I guess that's a phrase. How, how do you, how do you and Adrian see this thing shaping up? I think the the biggest question is going to be this. Okay, um, number <coughs> one, I think it all just depends on uh, the money that's being offered up, and that'll probably determine uh, what ends up happening. Now, uh, here's what's interesting: um, uh, Jason Groves. Uh, spoke to Mario Mocha. He said that Sam Houston State is no longer an option, and now it is an FCS game that they are looking at. So they've gone from Sam Houston State to FCS opponents. So uh, that is interesting. And he said he's looking for an FCS team who wants to play a 12th game. He said there are 11 possibilities for November 5th, he also said San Jose State at the end of the season is unlikely, and New Mexico State wants a guaranteed game. They don't want a game that potentially could be canceled if San Jose State plays in the Mountain West Championship, and I can understand that too. All righty. Well, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll have Mario come and update us before too long, you know? Yep, exactly right. That should be interesting. So appreciate All right, the call. you guys have a good afternoon. Keep up the good work like always. Oh, we appreciate that. Thank you. I, I wonder how much money uh, NMSU is going to give San Jose State and if they just take that financial compensation and try to buy their game uh, you know, on November 5th. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think it's so tough, man. I, I really do. I feel like scheduling last minute, even if it's an FCS opponent, um, I understand they want the guaranteed game played, and they uh, also don't necess- they, they need to work out something that makes sense for them and San Jose State. Um, but, yeah, it's just so tough. I, I think it's way easier said than done. I think this is going to be an ongoing process before they're able to solidify anything because there's a lot of moving parts in trying to schedule midseason. Remember even the pandemic year? When you tried to schedule midseason, how difficult yep. that was. So, yep. Yeah, I can't even imagine in a in a, a normal year like this how it is to try to reschedule. I have no idea about rescheduling. What he said, there's 11 possibilities. But if if you're dealing with FCS teams, the fun part is is that um, you know if you're eligible for the FCS playoffs, do you want to add a road game right now? Jason Groves mentioned that too. That that might not be something that everybody wants to do. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting point as well. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm so confused as to what they're going to do as far as their next steps and uh, 11 different possibilities, 11 different angles this could go. Yeah, I'm, I'm also interested in this and how this thing's going to happen. So um, we'll see. We will see. So I've, I have now sent a message into Mario Mocha, and let's see uh, how fast he texts back. I'm interested because I did uh, – I did reach out on the bat line, the bat phone, and now we'll see how fast he uh, he gets back to us. So that'll be good. All right. Thanks for the phone call. We appreciate you getting in today. And, uh, Victor, if we get an update, we'll let you know for sure. 505-6009, our telephone number, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Last night, uh, boy, the Bears looked good against the Patriots. They looked better than I expected. They looked better than they have all year. 
Yeah, this was such a weird game too, right? Like uh, the Patriots uh, flip-flopped at the quarterback spot. They had Mac Jones going, then he couldn't get anything going through the air, so they flipped in the middle of a game with Tabaley Zappi, who also really couldn't get much going, and then they were – it put Bill Belichick in a bad situation because if he actually – like if Zappi comes out and balls out and wins that game, then Bill Belichick is a genius. But the fact that that move did not work, uh, everybody was well, asking questions as on, to what on, was going on. Hang on, hang on. It worked. It worked. He scored two touchdowns on his first two drives, and they led the game. Then the defense went to crap, gave up a bunch of points, offense stalled, Zappy threw a couple picks. But let's not say it didn't work because uh, – I because, don't know. I mean, what do you want? To win the game well, at yeah, home. But he, but he went and scored on his first two drives. I mean, if you make a quarterback change and you march down right down the field and you're four for four and you put 14 points on the board – and the fans are ready to buy your number four jersey, that's a pretty good start. That's a great drive right there. Not First, a good game. Great two drives. Yeah, I mean, but like two they touchdowns. They stunk in the second half. Yeah. Let's not Let's not sugarcoat. They stunk in the second half on both sides of the ball. A, they couldn't stop Chicago. B, the offense did nothing. So, you know, initially, initially, Bailey Zappi looked good. Then came the second half, and the Patriots were bad. Really, really bad. Well, but they abandoned Mac Jones so early into the game, so you can't really evaluate Mac Jones' game as good or bad. You can't really think uh, Bailey Zappi necessarily played great. I mean, those two That's drives, he, he ignited them. But I don't know. It's just a weird game on, on those – when you look at those quarterbacks. And Is there a quarterback controversy out there in New England? I'm not yes, sure. Yes, I would say there is. I would say there is. Now – my boy Zappy, I was hoping he was going to lead New England to a win. That didn't happen, okay? Zappy was crappy in the second half. He was. He was good in the first half, not good in the second half. But defense was bad, penalized, just shot themselves in the foot, all these opportunities. Pats just didn't. They, they're, let's be honest. They're not a good football team. They're really not. They're a... They're an average team at best right now, no matter who's quarterbacking, whether it's Mac Jones or Baylor's, uh, Bailey Zappi. You know, another thing is they're kind of one-dimensional, whether it's Mac Jones or Zappi. Their best uh, their best method is running the football. And yesterday, the Bears completely shut down Ramondre Stevenson. They're kind of losing out on having, uh, of course, um, Damian Harris in the backfield. He's out for the year. so Or, excuse me, he just had limited carries. He's, he's kind of that secondary back now, not really getting much going on the ground, and has come off a recent injury. So now you're having so like the Bears basically said, well, beat us through the air. I mean, throw yep. your way into this game. And, and unfortunately for the Patriots, they couldn't do it. They could no. not capitalize. That's a bad Bears team as well. So if, if we're flipping it on the on the Patriots, that's a really bad Chicago team. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you. Let me duck in Memphis, Drew. Then we'll take a break. Come back here as we continue on Sports Talk 505-6009. Drew, what's going on? How are you? Doing good, Steve. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. I like. I'm getting in a good little dispute with Adrian. I like that. I like. I'm, we're getting. Yeah, fi- we're yeah, fiery man. to begin the show. That's the way it should be. So we're having having a good time. Where Adrian has the Memphis Grizzly complete uh, season, uh, all the schedule. So if you need to look at it, you can get it from Adrian. That's good. That I watched. The, I watched. By the way, I watched the Grizzlies. I saw the Grizzlies play the Knicks to start the season. I was yeah. impressed. I was impressed with the Grizzlies. It was a good game. Yeah, and the Knicks, uh, 
I think they're going to do better than expected. Uh, yeah. Pick up a Brunson is really going to help them. I agree. And meanwhile, other than that bad loss to the Mavericks in Dallas, it's been a good start to the season so far for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, three of the first four. Well, that was a exciting game last night. I don't know. Did you see any highlights or did you watch it? Grizzly versus Brooklyn, but uh, that was a real shootout. It was. Uh, no, I uh, was lucky I missed that one um, because I got home late last night and didn't get to see the highlights. But um, I heard that, you know, it was what you wanted to see. A lot of points. 134 points is a lot of points on the board. In fact, didn't Memphis had a ridiculous third quarter. Didn't they explode in the third? Yeah. Um, um, Bang got a <laughs> red hot. He hit, a, I don't know how many three-pointers. I think he finished Eight out of eleven for the game. So wow. Yeah, he, Hang he on, I think Adrian like Adrian's that. Adrian's pretty animated right now in the uh, in the control room. Did you watch uh, Desmond Bain go crazy? Well, I didn't see Bain, but I did. What I did see is a lot from Brooklyn in yesterday's game, and, and a lot of nothing. Uh, ben Simmons fouling out on a horrible call against uh, J- John Morant. Uh, I love this Memphis Grizzlies team, and they proved that they're actually the more mentally tough team than uh, Brooklyn, and that's saying a lot because there's veterans on that Brooklyn team: Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons. I mean, uh, you're talking about younger Memphis Grizzlies players going up against the big dogs. And uh, really schooling them yesterday. I don't know is uh, Ben Simmons gonna uh, produce as expected with the uh, Nets. What about you? He's well, he's questionable. Well, you said something. You said produce as expected. My question is, what do you expect after the last couple seasons from Ben Simmons? Really, I have no expectations for Ben Simmons. Let's see if he can, if he can stay healthy. That's a win. And then if he's able to stay healthy and produce, that's a big win. So right now, I think the bar is pretty low for Ben Simmons. I don't think there's really much as far as expectations at all. Heck, their head coach said on the record he doesn't even care if he shoots once this season. So that tells you what he's thinking. Yeah, and uh, Steve Kerr, I don't know when he lasts this season. Let's hope so. The surprises are, at this point, are Portland, Utah, and San Antonio, I think. Uh, I thought they were going to be on the trying to tank a little bit but uh when you say steve did you mean steve nash yeah, yeah okay because I, I thought if i heard yeah. steve kerr i was like i didn't know something yeah. i didn't know something happened yeah. to steve kerr yeah, steve so nash, yeah. yeah so yeah portland uh four and oh out of the gate utah is three and one and san antonio also so yep they're surprises lakers uh i don't know you know westbrook uh it's not working I believe that that strategy should be like some of the smaller market teams, just, just draft well and get good free agents in there instead of uh, trying to, you know, the way they're playing right now, that that would seem to be the, the best option for them. You know, as long as LeBron James is on a roster, that, that, that strategy will never hold, never. He wants to win immediately and wants to do all it takes to try to win, win a championship every season. That's, that's just the reality when you've got a guy like LeBron that's on that team. And you heard anything about Judge possibly going to the Dodgers? I think. No, I haven't heard that. That's pretty good, though. I wouldn't be mean. Yeah. Why not? The question is, if you're the Dodgers, how much money are you going to have to pay Aaron Judge to bring him over? And then they've already got a high payroll to begin with, so how do they pull that one off? That's my question. Yeah, I heard they might uh, move uh... – uh, two turners and uh, well, they're going to lose one. They lose players. they they lose Trey Turner to free agency, so that'll help. Uh, Justin Turner is not exactly making a ton of money, so I could see that too. So 
Yeah, you know what? Uh, Judge in, in Dodger Blue wouldn't be so bad, would it? No, we'll see what happens. All right, Steve, that's all I got. Always great to hear from you. Thanks for the call, Drew. 21 past. Charlie's back. Here's traffic. 26 past the hour. Doc Sadler is going to join us coming up at 5 o'clock. Doc getting ready to come back to um, El Paso next month. Dinner at the Don. He'll be the special guest with uh, Joe Golding. Uh, that is a must because when Doc speaks, people listen. That's just uh, be honest, right? Doc is Doc Sadler is one of the most entertaining people uh, that is out there, period. Yeah, and also unintentionally awesome, right? Like, That's true. He's uh, I love his his swag whenever he steps onto the court, and he wears those. Uh, he has the drip and the and the sweatpants and the Hawaiian shirts and stuff like that. He's the man. He's very unique, and uh, a lot of minor fans still hold uh, a special place in their heart for Doc Sadler. Oh, I agree with you completely. Uh, Dinner in the Don will be November first. That is next Tuesday at six p.m. Second annual event. Should be a lot of fun. That should be a great event. I mean, a lot of fans really enjoyed last year's and then this year having a chance to have Doc Sadler in the mix. That's really cool. I, I like the fact that they're uh, going back and throw, throwing it back with some of these older, uh, you know, previous coaches uh, who, who uh, coached here at UTEP. Now I'm curious, is Terry uh, Bar- Barbie going to be, uh, Tony Barbie going to be on, on one of these uh, lists in the coming years? If he's out of a job at Central Michigan, I think that's a very good possibility. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe they just move up the date a little bit more. No, I guess you can can't really do that if you're a Central Michigan head coach. The hardest part is this. I mean, you think about former coaches that could be here, right? You've got uh, Floyd, who came last year. You've who? got you exactly. You've got Doc, uh, but Billy's still coaching. Unfortunately, Rab is no longer with us. Um, you've got Barbie right now at Central Michigan. Maybe you bring back Phil Johnson. That could be fun. Yeah, more assistants. I think that could be really cool. I mean, there's been some really uh, notable assistants who've also come through somebody, El Paso. Somebody bring back G. Ray Johnson. Uh, I, that's a name. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Well, G. Ray has, you know, he's he's only resurfaced at UTEP on a, a couple of occasions over the past twenty years. So he would be fun. Hadn't seen. I haven't seen G. Ray in forever. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. And then. You know what would also be really cool is if, um, you know, maybe they can get one day Pat Knight and he can come in and tell stories Ooh. about Bobby Knight and the Bear. That would be a lot of fun, you know. He gave us such great stories when he joined us a couple of years ago, Steve. And he and did. also, um, you know, another another one, another avenue would be interesting is if they go either former UTEP women's basketball coaches or uh, former players. Just just get some of the old players. Gosh, a lot of people remember. Let me tell you something. There are so many players that would be great. At this event, oh my God, it would be awesome if they brought back players. I would love that. You know they'll eventually bring Hardaway in for this. That makes the most sense. And Antonio Davis, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm surprised they haven't, you know, Neville Shedd would never stop talking if they bring Neville to this event. That would be fun too. Uh, and there's just so many others that could also be a part of this. I mean, Omar Thomas is in El Paso right now. He'd be a lot of fun listening to him talk about those two seasons and those back-to-back tournament trips they went to. So, yeah, I think there's a, you know, sky's the limit on what UTEP wants to do for this event.
You know, that's interesting you bring up OT because I'm thinking, and those back-to-back seasons, I'm thinking, imagine if you actually brought like a team back. Like, you know how uh, the athletic department honors the 2000s football, the 2000 football team? Yep. Well, bring back some of those tourney teams or just a couple members from them and maybe the starting five, five and have those guys speak in front of the crowd. That'd be good. That'd be really good. So. We should be hired for something like this. You want to be part of the UTEP marketing team? You want to give them free advice? Yeah, I think we're throwing it out right now. Yeah, I do too. I do too. All right, uh, more in a moment as uh, Sports Talk continues. UTEP Zay has just arrived as well in our uh, 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Oil Changer Studios. But first, let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Moving here on the program right now, 505-6009. That is our telephone number. We welcome UTEP Zay to the show as well. He has his stock up, stock down column following the UTEP win over uh, Florida Atlantic. Welcome back, Zay. Good to have you on the show. And uh, I'll ask you this. I mean, you know, they're now 4-4. Four and four. They're two wins away from uh, being bowl eligible. Did UTEP's performance on Saturday against FAU do enough to maybe get us 20000 Saturday night to go watch Middle Tennessee State? I think it did. I think especially the fact that um, this upcoming game is going to be homecoming. That's so you right. Might, you might get a bigger crowd because of that, too. So I think there's a real possibility you'll get uh, maybe around twenty, twenty-one thousand 21,000 in the Sun Yeah, that is uh, that would be a great. I mean, listen, uh, after, what, 12,000 Saturday afternoon, 20 would be fine for FIU. And, and truth is this, okay? You can say what you want about the early performances against North Texas and against uh, New Mexico. I get that. But you want to know something? In my mind, in my mind, this team does deserve 20000 Saturday. They do. They're 500 right now. They very much can go back to a bowl game uh, and win six or seven, depending on how these next three weeks go for them. And, you know, with homecoming being Saturday night and them coming off the win and really having won three of their last four games, um, it would be nice to see... 20,000 in the Sun Bowl uh, for this game against uh, Middle Tennessee. Well, this is really their last chance, right, Steve? Because the next game that we're going to see the Miners play at the Sun Bowl is another afternoon game, and it's show it's been uh, we we've seen it time and time out. Uh, the afternoon kickoffs are tough for El Pasoans to show out for. They are. So this is that evening game, the last one of the season, and it's coming up this weekend. I get it. There's a lot going on across town, but this is one of those that you you kind of plan in advance for because this is kind of the last time you'll see this UTEP team at least play at night. Well, here's the thing. You said a lot going on. What what's ha- what else is happening Saturday night? Well, I'm just thinking like if you're a fam, if you're you have a family and you ne- don't necessarily want to trick or treat on uh, Halloween and you don't want to celebrate on Monday, maybe you go to like part like ch- children's parties and stuff like that over the weekend. But I, I think that would just t- eliminates the families right there. That, that that's okay, about here's, it. Here's my question. Okay, and 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 listen, they've had months to prepare for this. Months to prepare for this. Is UTEP doing anything involving trick or treating for the kids for this game? Mm, man, see, there you go again. We got to hire you, Steve. We, we got to hire myself as well. No, you're, you're the one that started this, <laughs> but it makes me wonder because they've they've again the game is going to be on the 29th, and they've known about this now for six months. So my question is, did UTEP plan any kind of trick or treat outing for kids uh, for this game? 
I know they've to dress been no, in costumes they, and give them candy when they walk into the entry gates. Anything at all like that for this football game? Not that I know of. I know that they've been alluding to some jokes and some like uh, Halloween costume things that they've thrown on social media. But you're right; you have to be inviting in terms of like giving kids candy and stuff. People would love that. Bring bring your costume to the Sun Bowl and watch the Miners take on uh, Middle Tennessee. I think that's the the accurate way to to kind of market this. I'm with you on that one. And if you and listen, you need the kids coming in. Saturday night anyway that you know there's extra you have to think out of the box you gotta you, you gotta think out of the box that's just what it comes down to yeah and I and I don't know you know how many people would come with families if UTEP did like a trick-or-treat promotion at the game but it's one of those things where you say to yourself you know it probably wouldn't hurt you know that it could only help yeah, you just have to create other things. I mean, they're, they're doing a good job of creating things uh, outside of, of the actual game to do at UTEP. But, I mean, just little things around holidays and events like this, like Halloween, like this, it makes so much sense. It, it makes way too much. And that's way uh, that's how you be uh, – that's how you could be way more inviting to family members. Coming out to the Sun Bowl on a, on a really big game where the Miners need a lot of fans. They do. They absolutely do, and I hope they get it. And regardless of what UTEP ends up doing – for this uh, football game, yeah, it would be nice to see uh, 20,000 plus. It really would. And I'm looking. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, like yesterday, the U- UTEP football had a pinned tweet. And it says, it's game week, minor fans. UTEP has won three of the last four and four of the last six. We need you 9-1-5. And, it's, um, and it shows... Um, I can't tell. Is that that might be Trent Thompson? Um, and he's like he's pumping up. He's making like a like a, a face. And then on the right side, they've got Peter Pete, UTEP cheerleader, and I don't know what else is in that shot. But again, um, you you would have to really put together that promotional schedule now, right? That would that would make the most uh, that that would make the most sense, wouldn't it? It would. It would make a lot of sense to do that kind of stuff. And and I saw on social media them joking around. Like they, they did something funny today saying it's spooky season. What what are you coming at on as on Sunday? And it shows like four different um, players who have mullets. So it's yes. like Gavin Beckley, Mark Ramos, uh, Josh Sloan, and actually it's Dana Dimmel in uh, the other one, which is funny. Like those are all cool things, but uh, more, more incentives to have families actually come in with their costumes and all of that. I mean, I'm assuming they're doing nothing because if they were doing something, they would have started getting the word out by now. So I would think there's no plans to do anything like that. Otherwise, they would have started marketing that, uh, especially on social, correct? I think so too. I, I, I they gave us something yesterday. Um, talking about the the pre, like uh, at the media press conference, they gave us something that said six reasons as to why you should uh, you you should go to the UTEP football game Saturday. But I, I, you know, to be honest with you, Steve, I was looking at the game notes. I didn't even pay attention to that. Was it a separate release, a piece of yeah, paper? Yeah, it was like a, a separate piece of paper. Did you keep it? Um, I'm, I was looking for it right now. You I, throw it away? It, it, may, it may have gone in the trash.
cash, unfortunately. All right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see. If we can find information <laughs> on that, we will. We will. Yes. 39 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Folks, you know, you got to find that sweet spot when you list your home. Not too high where it doesn't sell or too low where you leave money on the table. You need Brian Birds of the Brian Birds Home Selling Team powered by EXP Realty. You know he's the official agent, uh, real estate agent of UTEP Athletics, El Paso Locomotive FC, and the Rhinos. He's also the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. And you want to know why? Results, results, results. Listen to this story about Anthony. Anthony now lived 700 miles away, but he needed to sell his Northeast El Paso home, so he called up Brian. And Brian put his intense marketing strategies to work. That home quickly received multiple offers, and the home was sold for the full asking price of $235,000. Congratulations, Anthony. Now he doesn't have the stress of maintaining a property so far away. Hey, you can do it as well. Brian Birds takes all the drama out of home selling. You got to call him today and find out what he can do for you. 751-1500, online at brianbirds.com, or Google Brian, B-U-R-D-S, and start packing. Five o'clock hour here on Sports Talk. By the way, we owe UTEP a big apology. Um, because of my responsibilities at uh, Border City Yale House, I have not been able to make a single UTEP press conference every Monday afternoon. Adrian was there, and as they passed out information on Saturday's game, Adrian did probably what everybody in the media would do. Not even bother looking at it. So, therefore, there were a couple of things that were missed after the last segment. So, we do owe UTEP an apology. Um, First off, they have a friends and family four-pack special. You get four sideline tickets, four regular-sized hot dogs, four medium soft drinks, and a large popcorn for just $48. It's the friends and family four-pack. And you can celebrate Halloween with the Miners. Kids can trick or treat in the stadium beginning when gates open at 5.30 and continuing until the end of the second quarter. UTEP athletics teams will be passing out candy in the concourse and will have a variety of games for kids to play. Kids can also enter the Halloween costume contest sponsored by GECU and sign up in the Speaking Rock pregame party zone. The winner will be announced during the third quarter of the game. Must be present to win. And the winner is going to win a Dave & Buster's gift card. That's very nice. This is the kind of stuff we need to, we, we need to know. And I'm sorry that uh, we didn't know. Adrian, um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to put this on you. I yes. mean, there's, there's nobody yes. else I can blame because I wasn't there. And you had the information, but like most people in the media, you probably didn't even look at it. So I get it. I understand but, you know, I wish we could get the word out more for UTEP and let everybody know what's coming up this Saturday. You know what, Steve? I'll, uh, I'll take ownership of this. This was my, This was on me. I will say this, uh, and, and no excuses, I will say this. As soon as I was handed this, I put it under my release. So I was, like, reading the release uh, for Middle Tennessee. I was like, oh, I'll get to this later. But I looked at the headline on it, like, six reasons to go to the UTEP game. And I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll read it later. Didn't read it at all. So oh. there you go. There's right. there, uh, That's on me 
Listen, we're being honest, folks. We're not lying to you here. Hey, we do our work. We do a double check. Uh, du- we double check everything here. We do. Six reasons why you should come to the game. Reason number one, UTEP is two wins away from bowl eligibility. Reason number two, the friends and family four packs available for just 48 bucks. Reason number three, the Miners are on a roll, winning three of their last four, four of their last six. Reason number four, UTEP has won 10 of its last 12 games in the Sun Bowl. Reason number five, homecoming. The 90th homecoming game is Saturday night. And reason number six, celebrate Halloween with the Miners. That is big. That is big. So, uh, again, I love it. And that's what they should be doing. And you know what? We'll get the word out for them. And the truth is, the $48 friends and family four-pack combined with trick-or-treating with the kids and having the costume contest in Halloween, that is the perfect way to get people into the stadium for Saturday night's game. Uh, yeah, I it agree is. completely. A, you, now, let me say this. What UTEP is doing is absolutely the right play. The downside is they're not marketing it yet. And I would be splashing this all over their social media accounts. It should be on Facebook. It should be on Twitter. It should be on Instagram. It should be everywhere so that people on Tuesday know about the friends and family four packs for 48 bucks and the fact they're doing trick-or-treating with the minors. That's This is big stuff. This could get families out there. Yeah, you shouldn't have to hear this off a loose-leaf paper that I had that, that was uh, hanging in my car Hey, I'm right happy now. you didn't throw it away. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't have known. <laughs> we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have known. But I'm, I'm happy that we're at least telling people about this right now so they can make plans because this is a, this is a really uh, great incentive that the minors are putting out there, the, the athletic department, because you, you want to see them do more of this kind of stuff. We just said it the last segment that they should uh, think about this, and, and I guess now the only thing is uh put it on social media i mean we we read through their social media right now we did and we did not find yeah and we did not find anything on it so this this should be all over on a daily basis on their social shouldn't this be like pinned to the very top right now Uh, yeah like that that top of the it should be pinned at the message to the top with all the four for 48 and the halloween kid trick-or-treating yeah just throw out six reasons you should go and headline it with the halloween and and the ticket initiative that they're doing i'm with you so yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, listen, better late than never. Hopefully we uh, get to the bottom of this and UTEP can sell some more tickets because the truth is this. Um, four for 48 with four regular size hot dogs, four medium soft drinks, and a large popcorn to go along with the uh, trick-or-treating, that is as good a deal as you're going to find anywhere in this town. It really is, and on homecoming, so, yeah, like it, and it, homecoming, and and they got and and now you're gonna go watch a team with a good chance to win a football game. That's the most important thing too. So I mean, like I said, they're doing it right. This is exactly what they should be doing for the game on Saturday. Now they just need help getting the word out as much as possible. That's no, and that's where I kind of feel sorry for UTEP because if they had a larger marketing budget, they would have been all over this from Sunday through this whole week and just been going nuts with all these specials. Yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of things that they could do on their end as well. Like they they could uh, they could tell tell all the students as well to come out with their costumes. Yep. They could make the students have their own costume contest and instead of Dave and Buster's get somebody else to jo- join in and give a, a really cool prize. 
prize Dead as well. Beach. There you go. It just has to be 21 and over to win. There you go. And then maybe they go to the patio. That uh, You know, it doesn't necessarily have to uh, – they don't have to necessarily be 21, right, to, to enter the patio. They could just true. hang out there. That is true. So no, I'm with you on that one, Adrian, 100%. Uh, anyway, listen, uh, um, again, it's uh, – and Adrian, enemy win the number three, talked about that four-ticket promo for 50 bucks. It's even better, Adrian. It's it's $48. Not even 50 It's 48 bucks. That is phenomenal. Phenomenal. So I love the idea. I love where they're going. Now we just need fans to respond and buy tickets. That's the key. And hopefully, if you're listening, you will be buying tickets. And I'll go on every radio station in town and promote this. But there's only three in our in our cluster. We also need the TV stations and everybody else to get on the ball with this. And hopefully, they will. Yeah, I think they will. And I also think that uh, if you're asking about the on-field product, hey, you get to see a lot of local guys too. Ray Flores starring for this team, Deion Hankins with this group. A lot of household names here in El Paso who got a chance to watch them play high school and now play uh, in college on Saturdays. 100% right. Doc Sadler's next to lead off our 5 o'clock hour as we continue. Continue. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Good to have you back. A week from tonight, folks. A week from tonight. One of UTEP's favorite basketball coaches will be back in town, Doc Sadler. And he is our special guest for uh, Dinner in the Don, the second annual Dinner in the Don. And Doc joins us live here on the program as we continue. Good to have you back, Coach. And uh, I think fans are going to be even more excited to have you back here a week from tonight. Well, Steve, it's always fun to be on your show. Uh, I think you're you're out you're outlasting everybody out there. Uh, that means you got a pretty good product, I guess. I don't know. But, I mean, uh, looking, maybe I got maybe yeah. I've got maybe I don't know. Maybe I have like uh, uh, some good kind guess. of uh, blackmail on the rest of the station, and I've forced them into <laughs> keeping me on the air all these years. Who knows, Doc? Who knows? Maybe I've got pictures. Who knows? So. <laughs> Hey, well, uh, you, I, I will say good, this. You got good guests. That's what it is. That's exactly right. That's exactly. By the way, um, so I started thinking about this uh, because, you know, UTEP played Billy on Saturday in their secret scrimmage out in Odessa. Um, is it hard to believe that it was 20 years ago when Billy Clyde first arrived in El Paso? Isn't Doesn't that blow your mind to think that it's already been 20 years since he first got here? Oh, it, it, it's it's crazy. and. You know, uh, also, you think about it, Steve, it was about this time of the year that he took over. Yeah, it was, that's right. uh You know, it was maybe even a little bit later. It was, uh, uh, you know, the end of October, maybe 1st of November, when he actually took the program over and that first year and, uh, you know, started the foundation that, uh, that led to a lot of success over the next four or five years. Yep, you're uh, right. To the program. Oh. I mean, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's almost crazy that what you're saying is true. But unfortunately, uh, I think you're right. Oh, it is. It's wild. And by the way, I mean, not one of my prouder moments in all the years I've been on the radio. But uh, you know, the reason Billy got here, or Billy got here in the first place was because of an incident that happened with our previous head coach who's no longer with us. And sadly, the story that led to his resignation broke on this radio show when I was at UTEP during Basketball Media Day. I mean, 
is crazy. Think about that, Doc. How wild is that to think about that? Is this whole thing happened? Because we all had no idea until a, a caller broke it on the show one afternoon. And I'm at the Don Haskins Center. I just got done talking. I didn't even know what hit me. It was the craziest thing ever. And then before you know it, he resigns. Billy's in. And then the rest is history. God, that see, I didn't know that story. I didn't know that story. Oh yeah, but uh, it's uh, like you say the the timing is uh, you know like today I saw where Coach Manhattan actually resigned. There always seems to be something that happens right after the season, or right before the season gets started with a coaching change or something. And uh, all the way back twenty years ago, uh, for you to be bringing up that. Uh, is just crazy. One that it's been twenty years ago, and that uh, that that uh, that that actually happened. I know. I still can't believe it either. Um, it's wild, and and I'll never forget it too. Because when the incident took place, and my uh, my producer at the time was back at the radio station, I said to him after the show, I go, "Why'd you put that call on the air? How'd you even get that?" He goes. I wanted to hear what she had to say. I said, wow, that's a wild, that's a wild response. But anyway, what it, what it led to was every, the word got out. Everybody knew. And then uh, before you know it, Billy's here, takes a six-win team, turns it into a 24-win team, goes to the tournament. You're a part of that. You inherit the, the job after Billy goes to uh, A&M. You go to the tournament, then go to the NIT, then you're in Nebraska, and later Southern Miss. But ironically, uh, you know, you come back to UTEP every time, and it feels like you've never left. That's the beauty, I think, of El Paso, Texas, and UTEP. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, uh, you know, when you look back at the history of my, my my story, my mom and dad got married in El Paso, and then when I'm coming out there with my family to to join Billy as an assistant coach, you know the the reservation. The first time I'd ever been to El Paso, I'm thinking, "Wow, this is this is I'm taking my family across the country to a place I've never been, and mm-hmm. this and that." And end up being probably the three, uh, three of our favorite years, uh, you know, in this coaching business. And for whatever reason, El Paso has always felt like home. And it's, as you say, it's because of the people and the way they make you feel and they make your family feel welcome. All those things. Uh, and then also, you know, in my sport, basketball, there's no question how how important it is to the city. And, uh, you know, uh, it was really, I guess if I had a highlight, that would definitely be it, the three years that I spent in El Paso. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, and you brought in terrific talent. Uh, you had that great Philadelphia pipeline that really worked well for UTEP. And the truth is, is at that time, uh, the Miners were a terrific basketball program, and they still are. It's just a matter of trying to get it back uh, to that level. And, you know, it's not easy, is it, Doc? And you probably know this firsthand from all your years in coaching uh, you know, before UTEP and after UTEP. It is so tough to not just build a winner, but build a consistent winner. Yeah, year in, year out. You know, it's funny, Steve, this past weekend – I spent, uh, I guess it was uh, Sunday maybe, Saturday, no, it was Saturday at the Naismith Hall of Fame. And I really spent some time there uh, in, at the part where Texas Western 
was highlighted, and then obviously Tim Hardaway uh, with his selection. And just as you mentioned, I don't think people realize how hard it is. First, how hard it is to get uh, get a program that obviously that Coach Haskins got to uh, winning national championships just don't happen. And then when you add the fact that to win a national championship at a you know uh, a non Power Five, so to speak, today school, it just doesn't happen. But saying that it did, and which we all know it did, uh, then to continue the success that it has, you know, for 60 years now, uh, you know, basically continued with some times that, uh, you know, not all of them have been great times, but there's been more, more good than bad. Just to have that happen, there's a lot about the administration that you work for. Absolutely. Uh, their commitment, the town's commitment, uh, the love that the town has for basketball. All those things come into play because, uh, you know, back when it was back when it was the old whack, I mean, golly, what a great basketball league. I can remember the 80s sitting around when I was at Arkansas as a young kid getting into this business and Coach Sutton talking about, you know, you just don't go to El Paso. You don't go to Albuquerque. You don't go to to to, to those places, Wyoming, and, and, and win. And what a great basketball league that was. And, uh, you know, it's just carried on and on. And like you say, there's been a few bad, bad years, but not that many. And to, to have uh, the, the length of great basketball, uh, that's just a – a compliment to everybody in that town and everybody that's been a part of the uh, university and the program, all those things. Doc Sadler with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Was your first interaction with Coach Haskins uh, while you were at Lamar as an assistant in the mid-'80s, or was it after? No, it was actually after. The first time I ever met Coach, I was coaching junior college basketball, and he came in to watch – uh, he came in to watch a scrimmage uh, that uh, that uh, Gene Ibis' team was scrimmaging, and then they were going to go fishing. And so he came in and watched it, and we sat during the scrimmage together, and that was the first time I ever met him. And wow. then the, the next time that I ever had anything to do with him, his son Steve – uh, was a golfer, and he was playing in uh, in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and got into a playoff to win a golf tournament on the, I don't know, it was back then called the Nike or uh, whatever golf tour. Mm-hmm. And Coach would call me, want me to give him updates. And uh, needless to say, about a week after that's when I came to El Paso. Wow. That's an amazing story in itself. That's yeah, right, because yeah. you were at, you were the head coach at Arkansas Fort Smith for, what, five, six That's years correct. before you came yeah. as an assistant in 03. That's correct, yep. Wow. I came from, from Fort Smith uh, to El Paso, and, uh, and, uh, and so that's when – you know, that's when the almost everyday conversation started taking place with Coach. He actually lived on the same road that I lived on or that I'd go by to go to my house. And uh, if I didn't stop, then I was going to get a call. Most days, four or five days a week, I would actually stop. I believe it. Go in the back gate, go in the back gate, and go in the kitchen, and sit there and sit and then 
talk about what we didn't practice that day. But I promise you this, if I didn't stop, there was going to be a phone call that night that he was making to see why I didn't stop and what happened. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And by the way, oh, it's, uh, it's when you story. when you live on West Wind Drive, I mean, that's one of the uh, major uh, streets on the west side that kind of connects everything. So I can understand why, uh, you know, as you're driving that, that's a pretty common street. And I can see why uh, we all drive past Coach's house, it seems like, every day on the west side. So that makes uh, a lot of yep. sense. It really does. Um, have you decided yet uh, what you're going to talk about next Tuesday? Are you going to wing it? Are you going to write it down? What are you going to do? Well, you know me better than that, Steve. You know I, I, I'm going to wing it. I'm yep. not one of those guys that's going to uh, – I'm not going to be one of those guys that, that sits there and reads off a piece of paper what we're going to do. I think, actually, uh, my understanding is just going to be kind of a question-answer type uh, uh, setting. So, you know, I'll tell a few stories along the way, and uh, but uh, I'll get to answer some questions, just like we're talking about here. Just talk about, That's right. you know, how did you meet Coach Haskins? You know, that type of question. What what did Coach Haskins teach you? What did you learn from being at El Paso? You know, what was the what was the you know not just the good times? What were some bad times? You know, yep. and. Uh, even though we didn't lose very many games, uh, we did lose a few. And, uh, you know, that was the fun part about being at UTEP at that particular moment. If you lost, uh, there was there was people asking questions, and they wanted to know answers. And, uh, That's true. So, uh, it's going to be that type of it's going to be that type of uh, setting, and it's going to be really fun. It's going to be great seeing a bunch of people that I haven't seen in a while. Now, I want to ask you a question right now that nobody will ask you next Tuesday. Nobody's going to okay. nobody's going to throw this one at you. So this will be something you'll you'll never you'll never hear. But I I want to I'm a, I've been wanting to know this for years. Um, uh, when we knew each other at UTEP, you always wore a suit every game on the on the uh, you know for for games. You always wore a shirt and tie and yep. suit, and you were very right, like 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 we've seen in college basketball. How were you able to go from a suit to sweatpants at Southern Miss on the sidelines during games? Because to me, that is the boldest and greatest fashion statement in the history of basketball and sports, and you deserve all the credit in the world for making that possible because I've never seen it before or since, and I want to know how you how you were able to pull that off. Cap, here's the true story of all of that, Okay. Uh, you're right. I never understood why you wore a coat or, uh, you know, Coach Haskins took his tie off right when the game started. And, uh, but he always wore it out there. I never understood why the coat and the tie and the suits and all the things that, you know, turned into, uh, turned into to, to basketball. And so we're playing at Southern Miss, and the only part that you have – a little bit wrong. It wasn't actually sweatpants. It was actually, it was actually some linen uh, pants. But it was a long sleeve T-shirt, which you are correct. And uh, you know the coaches versus cancer. They have it every year. You wore tennis shoes, and and uh, you know some people would say they were warm pants, but I called them slacks. You know what my what my what my slacks are, what the other people's warm ups are, yes, but whatever. And so I had my tennis shoes on, I had my slacks on, and, and my long sleeve t shirt. Well, uh, we won that game, 
and uh, my sister had gone through uh, breast cancer. And I always thought, why Why is it that we only uh, play one game a year? Why can't it be more? So I started wearing those uh, pants and that long sleeve T-shirt every game. I don't think it made my administration very happy because when we went to the tournament that year, we, you know, we went from winning six or seven games, whatever it was, to winning over 20 finally uh, and finishing second in the league that last year when I started this. But uh, when we got ready to go to the conference tournament, my athletic director at the time said, now you're not going to wear, you're going to start wearing your suit again, aren't you? And I said, absolutely not. And he said, well, he said, I think the president would, uh, he said, I think the president would like for you to wear a suit. And I said, well, unless he makes me uh, and tells me that I have to do it, then then I'm not going to do it. Well, I never heard from the president. So, I, you know, we go to the tournament. We win a couple of games down there in Dallas. And it's crazy, Steve, that you remember that because that year I got more calls to do shows and stuff because people found out that I wasn't wearing a coat and tie anymore. And so after we got through, Coach Sutton calls me. Now it's the AD at North Texas, Wren, Wren Baker. He takes a picture and sends it to Coach Sutton, and I get a I get I get a text message from Coach with a picture saying, "I thought I taught you better than this." <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, but I never changed. I never oh. changed, and. Uh, you know, then uh, it was that was one of the things when I actually went back to Nebraska. I told Fred, I said, Fred, you know, I I'll wear I I won't wear a long sleeve t shirt, but I'm going to wear a golf shirt. I'm not I'm I'm done wearing suits, and so he allowed me to do that. And uh, I don't know, I just I it never made sense to me, and uh, it's funny that you brought it up. Well. I got to tell you, I'm looking at a photo of you from March of 2019 when you played uh, Old Dominion in Norfolk, and you've got a white long sleeve Southern Mish T-shirt yeah. on. Now, I will say this: you've got on baggy slacks with tennis yep. shoes, which is why yep. I thought they were sweatpants. And now, as I look at them, I can see that they're just baggy, loose-fitting slacks with tennis shoes. That is a terrific, terrific ensemble. I don't know why more coaches don't dress like you. It's more you want to be comfortable. <laughs> well, you're starting to, you know, because of COVID, everybody quit wearing suits, and now yeah. everybody, are, are, you know, even in the NBA, I was watching. I went to a Sixers uh, Celtics game to watch uh, Joel Embiid in the in Georgia game. Uh, play the other night, and their coaches aren't wearing uh, uh, suits anymore. So maybe I maybe my one uh, thing that it's not the case, but maybe one my my one mark that I left in, in, in basketball is I'm the dude that started wearing just slacks and shirts. Yeah, you're you're a trendsetter. <laughs> I like that, coach. Tr- I like that I'm a lot. A, I, it, it's funny, Cap, because a lot of places, uh, man. The fans would get on me, oh, because I wasn't wearing a coat and a tie. Oh, they, they, uh, they, 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 they'd say things, you know, that uh, you know that was crazy. To be honest with you, about disrespecting the game and all that, and I, whatever. 
So that was me right there in that white Southern Miss T-shirt, uh, black uh, pants, and uh, in my in 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 my white tennis shoes. Doc, you're the best. I appreciate you coming on with me today, and I look forward to seeing you when you get into town next week. Cap, I look forward to it. Hopefully, we can have a soda pop. Let's do it. He's Doc Sadler, folks, uh, joining us live here on Sports Talk as we continue. 21 past, Charlie's back with traffic. John Teicher, 40 minutes away from Hudson's Grill with UTEP football as we continue. I think um, Esteban sums it up perfectly. Close makes the man, describing Doc Sadler. That was such a great story. Truth is, when I looked at the... um, Archive shots of Doc at Southern Miss. I mean, those pants were so baggy, they look like sweatpants. They really do. But Doc rocked like loose-fitting slacks with tennis shoes and a long-sleeve T-shirt. And it was like the greatest look ever for a college basketball head coach. I'm sorry. It was unbelievable. Athleisure right there, Steve. Yes. He's going that athleisure style. And, you know, he he went a little bit more tight-fitting stuff at uh, at, uh, Nebraska, kind of like that modern look when you see, like, the sweatpants and Nike, like, leggings, you know, that that are joggers and stuff like that. Uh, But if you ever Google Doc Sadler, there are two photos that are really going to stand out. One is uh, he, he looks a little disheveled. He's got the golf polo on uh I, I don't know where he's at but it's a really cool f- shot of him at southern miss and the other one is the one that you're talking about right now the one where he's with the long sleeve shirt he's got those uh baggy pants and those love white it. shoes love it i think it's terrific terrific can't wait for him to come on uh tuesday next week that's gonna be so cool get tickets folks that is worth it 50 bucks to see doc sadler that's that's cheap if you ask me uh that includes a cash bar tables of eight or a thousand that includes an open bar so if you want to get uh, you and seven of your friends and you all pitch in about uh, what a hundred uh, and a quarter each, you can go at you, you can go and and eat, drink, and uh, go watch Doc Sadler and have a good time and, and enjoy and support UTEP basketball in the process. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah, or ask your employer, hey, can you uh, can you sponsor a, a little table? Get, let us go out there, a little workouting. I think that could be that could work out real nicely as well. That's true. That's true. Uh, Adrian's going to be hosting for me tomorrow, folks. I'm getting roasted thanks to the El Paso Child Guidance Center, and uh, looking forward to that tomorrow. About this time, that'll get started, and uh, that should be a lot of fun too. So uh, I will not be on air tomorrow. I will be part of the roast. Actually, I'm not part of. It. I am the roast, uh, and looking forward to uh, what should be a, a night of laughs and uh, i'm just happy i get the final word that's gonna be fun it's funny too because you know how doc said he wings it uh that's exactly what i'm gonna do there is no script there is no nothing i will simply make mental notes as the night goes on and i'll be very happy to have the last uh, last shot at everybody so who's the full list of roasters uh or people who are gonna roast you what, what's the list look well, like I'm, I, listen that that's also kind of strange because hopefully uh if everything goes as planned okay if everything goes as planned it's going to be um my brother aaron okay it's going to be um oscar leeser wow nice it's going to be brad dubo and mondo the monster medina wow so it should be a lot of fun people all, all four of those know you very well they've been with me a long time a long time some since the beginning others uh, for the last uh, almost 30 years so that's uh, that's going to be good and duke keith is going to be mc no way this yeah. is good stuff I love it. Uh, we need the full recap on Thursday for sure, Steve. Looking forward to it. 
yeah, I mean, hey, if you're if you're going through a roast like that, I I, I know you. you. You'll take all the mental notes you need, and you'll have the last laugh. I know it. Um, I, it's gonna be. Let's just put it this way. Um, I'm I've already got a couple of uh, of things in mind, and yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I can't wait. First off. I've never laughed as hard in my life as I did at the John Lovitz concert. I'm hoping I laugh harder this time because I really have no problem uh, laughing at the expense of myself. Not uh, at all. That'll be fine. So looking forward to it. Oh, it's going to be a blast. I, I'm looking forward to hearing the reactions and responses and everything like that. Me too. Me too. Bottom of the hour, middle of the, uh, middle of the hour, actually. And uh, we only have 30 minutes left in our two-hour show today because John's going to be uh, joining us for our final countdown coming up here in a little bit when uh, he is live from Hudson's Grill, just uh, up the street from where I was yesterday at Border City L House. Same ownership, same quality that you would expect. 1770 Lee Trevino uh, is where he'll be for UTEP football with Dana Dimmel coming up. But right now, let's get back to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. Appreciate that as uh, we keep things moving here on the program. I went to UTEP Zay to uh, begin the show. Uh, actually, when he arrived, we, we talked to Zay for a moment. Zay, I want to ask you, uh, in your um, newest column up on our website right now, stock up for uh, UTEP football, um, and, you know, I thought that, again, you've been doing this for us every week, uh, keeping the theme of you know players that uh, continue to improve their, uh, their stock on a week-to-week basis. As the Miners, uh, you know, finish out their last now four games of the season, um, you tell me uh, who are you right now um, most impressed with in, on UTEP, and who do you feel uh, is going to really need to uh, pull it out as you get ready for the uh, game against Middle Tennessee? Um, well, I'm really more. I think a lot of people are impressed with Deion Hankins, the way that he's just responded. You know, after the injury riddled season last year, he's really come out of nowhere and been the spark that the Miners have needed to um to get a couple of these wins. And um, someone that needs to step it up, I think Tyrese Knight. I think we just hold him to such a high standard that he just hasn't been playing as well as we're used to him. You know, we're used to him. You know, making these plays, getting being a playmaker. You want to see more out of him. You know, that's that's for me. Okay. Uh, I noticed you also had Latrez Shelton on the stock down. He was the one that ran the ball back for the two-point conversion, which was later taken away, correct? Yes, he was. But, um, you know, uh, Latrez, he's had a rough season. You know, he's been kind of thrown out there. It was it was supposed to be Josiah Allen and, and stuff like that, but he's been thrown out there on the boundary. And, you know, we've seen times where, yeah, he looks like he could really play the ball well, but at other times he's giving up big plays, giving up these first downs, these slants that – we just want to see him improve on that, or I want to see him improve on that. I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Hey, Zay, um, give me your thoughts on the Friends and Family $48 four-packs and also Halloween with the Miners where they're allowing kids to trick-or-treat in the stadium starting at 5.30 Saturday and continuing through the end of the second quarter with athletics uh, uh, athletes and teams passing out candy in the concourse. Hey, man, this free candy. Bring your kids. Everything. Free candy, UTEP football. That sounds awesome. Awesome. Zay, are you going to be dressing up for Halloween at the game, or what are you just going to go as yourself? Tell me. I'm going to dress up as Don Haskins. That's oh, dress my. Up you should dress up as Don <laughs> Haskins. That'd yes. be great. Do you own a clip-on tie? I'm going to need to buy one. I'm going to need to buy one, and uh, I'm going to need to roll a paper or something. Yep. Do That's that right. Thing, you know? And um, get yeah. a little orange blazer, something like that. <laughs> no, yes. you just get a um, – you know what? Don always wore like – he loved it. wear this like this gray blazer. 
gray blazer with like black or, uh, or or navy blue pants. That was his. That was his thing with like a white shirt, and then he would always have the clip-on tie that would come off pretty quick. <laughs> yes, that's gonna be my. That's gonna be my costume. I'm ready. Right. I like that. I like that. Very nice. Uh, again, folks, the. Friends and Family 4-Pack is available for 48 bucks. That gives you uh, four sideline tickets, four regular-sized hot dogs, four medium soft drinks, and a large popcorn. Just $48 for Saturday's game at 7 o'clock. Uh, also, the free Speaking Rock pregame party zone, uh, they will open at 4 o'clock and feature a performance by The Who cover band. Oh, our boss is going to love that. His favorite band in the world is The Who. He'll probably love the cover just to, just to get a chance to see that. So that's going to be exciting. It's all happening Saturday night, starting at 4 on the Speaking Rock pregame party zone, and then 7 o'clock the Miners kick off with Middle Tennessee, uh, a team that's 3-4 and four, uh, on the season. The Miners are 4-4, four and 2-2 four, two and two in Conference USA. I don't think Middle Tennessee has won a league game, have they? No, they've played kind of the, the tougher teams in the conference thus far. You're talking about Western Kentucky. You're talking about UAB. I mean, those are tougher opponents right there for Middle Tennessee, but still, uh, you'd expect a program that knocked off um, uh, Miami earlier this year to at least compete a little bit better against some of these uh, Conference USA opponents. They most recently fell to Western Kentucky uh, 35-17. They had a bye week last Last week, but uh, those are, and then they lost to UTSA, uh, mm. you know, earlier this year, forty-five thirty. I got you. All right, so now, but they have been in some tight. There have been some tough games they've been in. That's true, they have. But you want to know something? Uh, again, if UTEP plays up to their capabilities, limits the mistakes, and 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 sticks to the game plan that's worked, they're gonna they should be fine. They really should. Yeah, you mentioned mistakes. Well, uh, the Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee, they do a great job at forcing turnovers. They're, I think they're 17th in the country in, in their turnovers forced on defense, and they love to do it early in games. Dana Dimmel talked about that in his weekly press conference uh, about how that's a big key to kind of watch in this game. So, yeah, that's one of the things that we're all going to be watching, the turnover margin, how UTEP tries to play mistake-free football. I also wonder, though, okay, when we talk about um, you know turnovers, Middle Tennessee has done a great job, but how much of that was enhanced by all of the turnovers they were able to benefit from in that game against Miami? Yeah, that's a really good point, too. Maybe that stat is a little misleading when you when you really look at it. Uh, I, I'll tell you this. I know that this team does like to pass it. They do, they are a team that wants to throw put it in the air. I think that actually favors the Miners. I like their pass defense a lot. I, I like what we've seen from their secondary at times, and uh, pass rush can be uh, featured heavily in this game, if All that's right. the case. I'm with you on that one. I'm also interested to see uh, how things will go. You're right about that. And, folks, uh, only time will tell when it comes to Saturday's game, but hey, you got to be a part of it. Got to be out there and head out to the Sumble to check things out. 39 past the hour as uh, we continue on Sports Talk and get ready for our final countdown. In fact, it's coming up next. We'll say hi to John out at Hudson's and uh, get you ready for UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. It's coming up right here, top of our 6 o'clock hour on 600 ESPN El Paso.